Now, many people tend to take many things for granted. A roof over our heads, food on the table, modern conveniences, and our ability to have a driver's license. One of the common things people will say is the driver's license is a privilege, not a right. Now, although this is true, it's not always perceived that way. Well, try this way of thinking. You have to pay for your license renewal every few years. If you don't pay the renewal, the license becomes null and void. It's like a lease. Your government is leasing out a license for you to use, but if you default on payment or you abuse it, they'll take it back. It's not a gift for you to use to have for the rest of your life. You have to follow the rules if you want to keep it. Welcome to another episode of Speed Bumps, a safe driving podcast. In this episode, we'll talk about anti-lock brakes, how to reduce the anxiety of winter driving, learn about a strange modern device vehicles now have. Let's go. Now, it's no secret that things have changed over the last few years, and especially over the last 60 years. Back in 1958, there was a Better Homes and Gardens version that talked about winter driving. I have a copy of this page in my office, and it tells us to pump the brakes to stop safely. Now, although that did stop you, it took forever to stop you. Slamming on the brakes would have caused a a lockup and most likely a loss of control. But things have changed. For probably close to 30 years, anti-lock brakes have been on our vehicles. Now, early on, they weren't on on all vehicles. And you had to either move up the ladder and getting a a higher-end vehicle, uh, or you had to order them. But anti-lock brakes are really a good thing. It's one of those modern conveniences on our vehicles that have allowed us to, to keep our vehicle under control. But ABS really has two advantages. ABS uh, still gives you the ability to have a controlled stop, and but also gives you the ability to steer while braking. Now, on a conventional vehicle without anti-lock brakes, uh, if you hit the brakes too hard, they're going to lock up, and you lose your ability to steer. You can turn the wheel as much as you want. You're just not going anywhere, and then, of course, panic sets in. But anti-lock brakes, or ABS, gives the the wheels a chance to continue to grip the road, provided you do have proper tires, and steer around it. So, although it's been around for almost 30 years, many people still don't know how to use it. Now, in normal driving conditions, if you brake gradually and normally approaching stop traffic, you'll never really use them. And if you brake firmly on dry roads, you also may never use them. It's when the conditions aren't always ideal or you hit your brakes super, super hard is when the ABS activates. So in poor weather, they're probably going to engage a little bit sooner, but not to worry. ABS is there to help you. So here's what's going to happen. First and foremost, it's always important that you're in the proper driving position. I've seen drivers with their, uh, their their left leg tucked underneath their right And it's almost like they're sitting cross-legged in the car. Not a good position. Keep your left foot out on the left side of the the seating compartment on what's often referred to as the dead pedal. It'll help brace you in your seat. If you have to use the ABS, make sure you use the ball of your foot and you hit on the brakes super hard. 
what you're going to hear and what you're going to feel isn't wrong. You're going to feel a vibration and hear a bop, 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 bop kind of sound. Well, that's normal. That means the ABS is activated. But if you stare at what you're trying to avoid, chances are even the ABS won't stop you before hitting it. We do have to adjust our conditions in poor weather. So always look into the open space. Looking at the target, it's really referred to as target fixation. So the ABS is there to help. So years ago, I, I came across uh, someone that worked in the same building who got a, another vehicle that had anti-lock brakes. It's first time he had anti-lock brakes. So he asked me how it worked. So I took him out in his vehicle and let him play with it. So he got to know what the noise and the vibration felt like. Well, a few days later, the roads were a little bit icy and he hit his brake a little hard and ABS activated. And he heard the ratchet kind of sound and the vibration. At first thought, he thought something was wrong with his car. And as he was about to take his foot off the brake, he remembered what I said to him and what I taught him. He kept his foot on the brake and he stopped before hitting the other vehicle. He came back to my office, brought me a coffee, thank you very much, and thanked me. Thanked me for teaching him about anti-lock brakes because for the last 30 years, it's a way of life. But if you've never really used them, you don't know what to expect. So again, adjust to the conditions so that you may not have to use your anti-lock brakes. But if you do, expect the vibration, expect the noise, and you know they're working. But again, adjust the conditions, brake early, keep a good following distance, and maybe even in winter, you won't have to use them. For many of us, uh, especially here in, in Canada, winter driving is a normal experience. It's something that we're all going to face. Now, some people get a lot more snow and some people get a little bit less. But the deal is there's winter weather. Now, much of the driving in the winter game is mental. We have to mentally prepare ourselves to drive in, win in winter weather, whether it's snow, cold weather, ice, doesn't matter. So mentally preparing yourself, but in a positive sense, can have you ready for winter driving. Now, mentally preparing yourself is one thing, but having the thoughts about what you're going to do when you get to your vehicle. Having a winter snow brush at the ready is always important. Don't wait until you have that blizzard before you start hunting for it. You know it's cold weather. You've got the snow brush in your car. You're just ready for that winter, that wintry day. Uh, years ago, I, I had a neighbor who, after it snowed heavily, she sent her 14-year-old son out to scrape off her car using a large soup spoon. I mean, it's that time of year. You'd think she'd be ready, but no. You know, in my garage, I do have extra snow brushes because sometimes they do break. And it's always good to have a spare one just in case. So there's that mental prepping for winter driving. Prepping yourself and the vehicle before heading out. So when you know it's going to snow and you check the weather network, my favorite thing to do in the winter, well, one of them when it comes to driving, is leaving early enough to go brush off the snow. If you get up your normal time to head to work and there's a bunch of snow in your car and it takes you five minutes to clear it off, well, now you're late for your normal leave and now you're kind of stressing about it. Not a good mental frame of mind when the roads are snowy. So also when you get up early, leave that extra time, not just to brush off your car, but maybe that extra time to reach your destination. And if you hit green lights and the traffic is light, maybe you get there a few minutes early and then you actually feel good about it. 
Another thing about mentally preparing yourself for winter driving is when you know there's going to be a lot of snow overnight, park your vehicle, if you have a driveway, at the end of the driveway, not all the way back to the house. I've heard drivers say that they'll park and, and have the houses block all the snow. Well, with the wind swirling, your car's still going to get a lot of snow on it. But think about all this, all the driveway you have to shovel. So parking at the end of the driveway means a little less shoveling and a little less energy before you head off to your destination. But we also have to realize that driving techniques also need to change. That's a big part of the mental winter driving challenge. So we need smoother acceleration and early braking. We have to realize it's going to take a little bit time to adjust to these conditions. Not all drivers make this change and you see them slip sliding away. But if we brake early, we're still probably going to have better control of our vehicle. This also means a larger gap in traffic when you're turning left across the path of oncoming traffic. Something else to mentally prepare yourself for winter, especially if it's the first real big snowfall of the year, is increase your following distance. You're still going as fast as the other vehicles. You just have a bigger gap, maybe double it from what you normally have. And if you're thinking, hey, wait a minute, that's going to cause people to cut in front of me. Not so much, probably not anywhere near what you're thinking, but at least you've got more time to stop safely. Now, also, if you look ahead and you anticipate what's happening with the traffic, don't wait until the vehicle in front is braking. If you see a red light well ahead, he's off the gas. It's a lot easier, especially on snow-covered roads, to get moving again if you haven't come to a, sta uh, a stop. If you're still in motion, it's a lot easier to keep going. Now, as the day continues or your, tra your trip continues, yes, your headlights and your taillights are all going to get covered in snow, just like your windows. So make a stop at the gas station. Even if you're not getting gas, pull out their squeegee and clean your windows. But also clean your headlights. The slime and the grime from the vehicles ahead of you are going to really cause a problem with your headlights, especially when it gets dark. They're not going to shine so well. So use that squeegee and clean your headlights and your turn signals at the front. And then important, don't forget your brake lights at the back. In a lot of jurisdictions, you also have to make sure your license plate is clearly visible. If that snow is causing your license plate to be covered up, keep it clear before the police find you because they might very well pull you over. So a few little mental preparations before we begin this winter season, and let's see if we can remember them when we're out on the road. So I came across this unique device uh, in, in the vehicle, and I, I saw it. it's really in, in a lot of the vehicles. Each when I peered through a window, I saw it. Now, it's, it's actually found on the left side of the steering wheel. And I'm not so sure many realize, especially if the modern vehicles, that, that you have it. So it's, it's kind of like a stick kind of thing. And on the end, there's, it looks like a dial. And when you turn the dial, lights come on. Like, you can't really see them inside the car, but these lights come on outside the car. And the more you turn it, the brighter the lights. And they even put them on at the back. Well, like, who would have thought? So all the lights come on. So I, I bumped it, and I thought I broke it because it, it pushed up. It moved up. But all of a sudden, this blinking light came on on the dash. 
I thought, oh no, is that a warning light? Is it telling me that I broke it? So I pushed it down to turn it off, but I hit it too hard and it went too far. And all of a sudden, another blinking light came on on the other side of the dash. I didn't know what it was. And, and I looked at another car and they actually have the blinking lights are in the shape of an arrow. Like, who knew? Like, many people, they think that they're going to turn and they think about the lane change. As long as the other people on the road can read your mind, it's all good. So when did these blinking lights come on in the car? Like, when did they start? Is it new? Is it something that started? Is it just on a few cars? I don't know when they added this. And I don't know if anybody else realizes that these devices are in all the cars. Huh. Modern technology. Who knew? And yes, I'm talking about the full headlight system and the turn signals. They're there to be seen. And they're there that others can see you. Don't use mental telepathy to tell people of your intentions. It's actually easier if you do put on your signal so drivers maybe let you in during a lane change. And if all you're doing is braking before a turn, the drivers behind have no idea what you're doing. But at least if you signal, they now have a reason. Oh, okay. And then they stay a little bit calmer behind the wheel. And maybe we become one big happy family as opposed to one big, happy, dysfunctional family. So use your signals and turn on your full headlights. We'd all appreciate it. Thanks for joining us here at Speed Bumps, a safe driving podcast. Don't forget you can also catch my blog, thesafedriver.ca, and you can talk to me on Twitter. I'm at SafeDriver. If you like these weekly podcasts, Make sure that you do subscribe. They usually do come out on a Sunday. Come back again soon and drive safe. I'm Scott Marshall.